4: tests, diarrhea, hair thinning, or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite.
2: Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.
1: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW Group prohibited by loss. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Had
5: enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great tasting, all natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com.
0: Interview is happening. How are you, Miss Judy?
6: I am so good and so happy that after all this time, we're together.
0: You know, every time I get asked, you know, uh, what's my dream interview, I always say Judy Bloom.
6: And I've heard that, and I you are, you're you're going to have to tell me about that. Why?
0: Um, Because when I was younger, my mother would always tell me to read books that don't pertain to me. And so, you know, I'm a young Black man from the South, so when I would go in the library and see these books, you know, that that were about young white girls, I was like, well, that's the complete opposite of me. So, so I started reading them, and that's how I fell in love with your work.
6: That's so great.
0: Do you do you understand and recognize the 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 impact your books have had on a generation?
6: I don't like to think about that. Um, I certainly didn't when I started out and when I was writing. But after fifty years and hearing from so many, you know, people who've read my books and meeting them in the bookstore you know grown women and men come in every day and um i have learned from the readers
3: mm-hmm.
6: that the books have spoken to them wow. and it, you know it's it's hard to be that person because it's like i mean you're really thrilled and and at the same time it's like no you know i i didn't know what i was doing so don't put that on me mm-hmm. but but i appreciate it of course
0: you know, I read once where you said uh, characters lived inside your head first before you started writing your books. Do you remember the first time one of those characters popped in your head?
6: Oh, my God. Well, I had them in my head from the time I was nine. Wow. So, you know, it was... I mean, it made life so much fun for me. Mm-hmm. I would bounce a ball, a Spalding. Do you remember pink Spalding? Absolutely. So I bounced a ball against the side of my house. And the whole time an hour, two hours, I was living inside my head with stories and characters. I mean, I never wrote about them. Mm -hmm. I never told anybody. Mm -hmm. Because if you would tell your friends, guess what? You know, I have these great stories and characters inside my head. They would think you were...
0: Crazy. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. right? So
6: that was mine. That was special. I never told my parents. I never told anybody.
0: When, When did you first decide to, you know, take these characters out of your head and put them on paper?
6: I think um, probably I was uh, married young, Mm -hmm. had kids young, and found myself in the suburbs. um, Bored? At least, (laughs) if not more than Uh that. I mean, I love taking care of babies and all of that, but Mm -hmm. I needed some creative outlet. All Mm -hmm. the time I was in school, I always had a creative outlet, Mm -hmm. something. But now I needed that again. And I mean, it could have been anything. I was lonely and I I needed some creative outlet. And it could have been anything. Mm -hmm. But I was home with little kids. Mm -hmm. I had access to paper and pencil (laughs) and access to something inside my head.
3: Mm -hmm.
6: And so I just started. I didn't know anything about it. Didn't know anybody who had ever written.
0: Wow. Did your first character see the light of
6: day? Um. Well, you know, can't remember. I mean, gotcha. I wrote a lot of a lot of stories that mm-hmm. were stupid, and you know, I have them in a box, and I've written to my kids on that. If you ever publish these, I will come back and haunt <laughs> you. But so, I mean, there was a lot, mm-hmm. a lot before I got to Iggy's house, and then to Margaret.
0: You know, you, you tap into so many different types of people with your characters. You know, so many different struggles from racism to sexuality, obesity, divorce. Like, how were you able to do that? Because you couldn't have possibly gone through all those experiences.
6: Not then. No, mm-hmm. I hadn't. It's it's imagination.
3: Mm-hmm.
6: You know, when kids ask, what is it? You know, where do you get your ideas? I hate that question. But really, where do you get your ideas? Mm-hmm. I mean, everything you see and hear and read and and stories people tell you, but it's mostly... It's your imagination. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of imagination. My husband tells me I have too much, but you can't have <laughs> no too much, thing. right? No.
0: How, how much of your personal childhood ended up in, ended up in these books?
6: Oh, uh, a lot. I mean, Starring Sally J. Friedman is my most autobiographical book. Mm-hmm. So that's a book that brought me to Miami Beach when I was little. But, you know, parts of me, of course, are in characters in all, but like Sheila the Great,
2: Absolutely.
6: she has all of my childhood fears. Not all, but wow. a lot. <laughs> and um, Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret. You know, I was a Margaret.
7: Mm-hmm. So,
6: and then, you know, you think, I mean, how do you write about a 13-year-old boy after you've written about a 12-year-old girl? It, today, you might not even be allowed to because, mm. you know... I am not a 13-year-old boy. What a shame. Mm -hmm. But at that time, I was allowed to. And so I was allowed to become, in my imagination, a 13-year-old boy.
0: You know, I I read that you uh, experienced two years of rejection before getting uh, your first book published. You know, only in the middle is The Green Kangaroo. What kept you from getting discouraged and just quitting?
6: Well, two years is really, at that time, two years was nothing. Mm -hmm. I mean... And well, the first rejection sent me into the closet. You know, close the door, sit on the floor, cry, and then say that they don't know what I can really do. Mm-hmm. And let's see what I can do. And, I, and so I kept going that way. You know, I yeah. mean, I I think a lot of um, success depends on determination. For Yet sure. talent is great. You have to have some talent to write, but it's the determination that really makes the difference between somebody who's going to get published and maybe meet with some success and somebody who may be just as talented, but can't take the rejection. Rejection's hard.
0: Absolutely. Do you remember how you felt when uh, One in the Middle, The Green Kangaroo, was actually published (laughs) after all that rejection?
6: I remember how I felt on the day that they called me and said, we can offer you three hundred and fifty dollars and we will publish your book. And it was like. I was I was so happy and elated, you know, I I had little kids and I went down and they were playing with silly sound and I took the silly sound and I threw it up in the air and they. And Lori Murphy went home and told her mother that Larry's mother has gone crazy, <laughs> 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 and that's how it felt. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you grew up in the never felt like that again. Never I have to say even
0: after you sold millions of copies and like nothing ever made you feel like that first time.
6: I don't think anything is ever like the first time. You wow. know, there are a lot of first times mm-hmm. in a fifty-year career, but I don't think there's ever that thrill. Of the first time, somebody is going to publish my book.
3: Mm. Wow. Well,
6: not my best book, by the way, but still in print. For mm-hmm. some reason, I don't understand, but it's still there.
0: <laughs> you wish you could take some of them out of print?
6: I'm easy on myself when I look at the books that I've written and I say, well, I remember where I was here and I remember where I was there when I was doing it. And... Um, Certainly, I think, you know, the real me as a writer started with Margaret. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Because mm-hmm. I let go. Mm-hmm. I let go. I didn't know what I was doing, but I let go.
0: You, you, you know, you grew up in the time of the, the, the civil rights movement, and I always wondered, how did watching that racial injustice influence Iggy's House?
6: I grew up before civil mm-hmm. rights. You mm-hmm. know, I grew up at a... At a different time, the 40s, the 50s. Um, but I think with Iggy's House, this is not the best, the best reason to write a book. Uh, like like um, my character, Winnie, in Winnie. the book, Winnie the do-gooder, you mm-hmm. know. I think I was Judy wanting to do good. And that's not the best way to do it. But I think it was thank you but i wrote this book and not long ago i um asked um i asked a friend a black friend i said please read this book again and tell me if it's racist because i need to know and she read it and she said it's not and um well
0: people were racist so if you're writing a book from a perspective of Oh, people that were racist, yes, but Winnie were, yeah.
6: was not. I yeah. mean, Winnie wanted to understand. Mm-hmm. Like, I can remember moving to Miami. Um, you know, I was nine years old and writing home to my father about these two water fountains. And what was it? My father was a dentist. I figured he would know. Was there a difference between white people and what was in their mouths and black people? And my father was a wonderful guy. Mm-hmm. And he wrote back and he said... No, you know we're all the same. But I had a woman actually pull me. I was drinking from the wrong fountain, and she pulled me away. And what are you doing? Well, it was it was very disturbing. I had a lot of things in my life that I could tell you in in my high school.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I would say Winnie was uh, culturally clueless, but you'll be like that if you're not around people to speak to them and you know, talk to them and realize what it is that they're going through. Like that's why I, I said I read your books because there was people that didn't pertain to me. So yeah. you get to peek into other people's lives.
6: Right. I I got better after yeah that <laughs> as a writer I think. Mm-hmm. Um I'm I'm glad I wrote it, but because I lived in a neighborhood, you know, where um there was a lot of racism. Mm-hmm. It was quiet because, you know, by then it was when I wrote the book, it was the 60s.
0: But I, I was going to ask you, I was going to ask if the systemic racism and prejudice that Winnie was witnessing in Iggy's house, did that come from a personal experience?
6: Um, not really. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I knew a lot of things from growing up. I knew I knew a lot of stuff and we were quiet about it. You know, I we had a music teacher at my I went to a, an all girls public high school. In Elizabeth, New Jersey, we had two high schools, Mm -hmm. boys and girls, and we all went together and we were a very um, mixed group, mixed religious, mixed racist. We were everybody who lived in Elizabeth who went to high school and in in high school. I made friends with a lot of girls who were a lot of black girls. I was a dancer. We were in the dance group together and you were good friends. And then. You know, when you came home from school, when you went to parties and dances and things, that was, you stayed pretty much, I mean, it was the Jewish girls mm-hmm. or the Christian girls, the black girls. We all had our own little thing, but I, we had a chorus, mm-hmm. a wonderful chorus, and we had a music teacher. Her name was Violet Johnson, and there wasn't one black girl in chorus. And we found out that it was because when you went to try out for chorus, and believe me, I don't have a good voice, but I was in chorus. Mm-hmm. If you were black, she put a little C next to your name for colored. And you were never going to be in chorus. And I knew that and was like, but what do we do about it?
0: Yeah, I mean, It's, it's no why I voice.
6: tell people now you have to speak out. At my 40th high school reunion, I hated my high school reunions, but I went to my 40th and people stood up and they were telling all these wonderful stories about being in high school. And I said, this is what I remember. And I said, Violet Johnson, you know, she'd been dead for a million years. And afterward, some girls came up and said, we thought you didn't know. We thought wow. none of you knew wow. but we did know.
0: Wow. what what is what did you want people to take from iggy's house that can be applied today
6: i want what do I want <laughs> no. i you know I wrote the books to be good stories mm-hmm. to be good stories but yeah with iggy's house i guess I wanted to make kids aware mm-hmm. i wanted you know it's that's never never a good reason i think to write fiction but I did want them to be aware and to speak up. Mm -hmm. And she could speak up to her family. They were never going to do anything. Those parents were never going to do a thing. You know, they weren't going to try and get um, the family that moved into, I can't remember their name, who moved into Iggy's house. They Mm -hmm. were never going to try to get the family out of there. They weren't going to do that but they were never going to do anything to make it easier or to help their own daughter deal with this. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I mean, look, it was, that's how it was. And But I didn't want it to be that way. And, you know, ultimately, a lot of people spoke up, and that's what you have to do. I say the same thing about banned books. If you don't speak up, they're going to take away the books.
0: That's right. That's right. What, what what did what did Fudge represent
6: for you? <laughs> Fudge was you know Fudge was based on my son Larry when he was little. Okay, and it was pure fun. It was it was fun writing those books, and I think kids have fun reading them. I want reading for kids to be fun. Mm-hmm. If they don't find out it's fun from an early age, they don't want to do it. What do they want to do it for? So they have to hear stories that they like. And that make them laugh, mm-hmm. I you know little kids you 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 know this have Absolutely. great senses of humor and and they're ridiculous and the you know they just love it it mm-hmm. makes them laugh, and so fudge is silly and funny, and that's what those books mean to me.
0: did you enjoy the fudge TV show that they made in the nineties no
6: <laughs> no, I did not no, but we're talking about another one now. Mm-hmm and oh, revamping fudge yeah okay another fudge show and this one will be animated and i think it needs to be animated yeah that I, makes sense. I, I hope it's good
0: why didn't you like it in the 90s oh where do i start
6: i mean i i just don't think it was fudge it wasn't mm-hmm. what i wanted it to be mm-hmm. it wasn't as george my husband calls it the dne we have to go for the dne the does not embarrass. Mm. It didn't embarrass, but it wasn't what it could have been or should have been. It's hard.
3: Yeah,
0: that makes sense. Uh, when I when I think about you know, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. And you know, how it was banned a number of times because of the way it deals with religion and sexuality. It makes me want to ask you, why has this country always wanted to control you know our bodies and who we pray to, and was the book a form of protest? <laughs> to what this country did and continues to do?
6: The Puritans. You know, it's. I mean, I remember when I wrote Deanie. Okay, so, I what was it, Deanie? I don't know what book it was, but with Margaret, you know, Mm -hmm. I gave three copies to my children's school library. They were like in first grade and third when the book came out. I was so excited. And I took three copies, signed copies, down to the library. The male principal would never put them on the shelf. They oh, wow. never reached the shelf. Wow. Because he didn't think that elementary school girls should read about or even know about menstruation. Never mind how many kids at that school probably already had their periods, mm-hmm. you know. I mean I, I was so lucky in that I think, you know, my parents weren't perfect, who is perfect as a parent? But They never taught me that sex was a bad thing Mm -hmm. or that it was wrong. I mean, I knew very well, do not get pregnant while you're in school. You know, don't get pregnant until you're married, because in those days, pre-abortion, that could change your whole life.
7: Absolutely. And
6: it did for a lot of kids I knew. Um, But they never said it was bad. Nobody ever told me that. And Mm -hmm. so... For me, it was always good. It was exciting. It was wonderful. Um, Deanie Deanie masturbates. Mm -hmm. She enjoys her own sexuality, uh, although she doesn't know very much about what she's doing. She never even heard that word. But I met another principal, a male principal, and he said to me, I wouldn't have that book on my shelves. It would be different, he said, if it was about a boy. Why? Why? Because girls in those days and even in days today are not supposed to enjoy their own sexuality.
0: Mm-hmm. So so was the book were these books a form of re- rebellion against that, a form of protest? It
6: wasn't really. Okay. It was I remember writing Deni thinking, you know, I mean it's not about that, it's about parental expectations and what that can do to kids. But I remember thinking, oh, how I wish I had had a book to read when I was 12 or 13 and exploring my own body. And, and my friends and I talked about it. You know, do you have that special place? Can mm-hmm. you get that special feeling? We didn't know what it was, mm-hmm. but we knew. I was lucky that I had people I could talk to about that. Um, and I wanted, I think, to write that in because I knew it to be true, maybe not for everybody, But it was true, certainly for me and for and for my friends. Mm -hmm. And I wanted kids to know it was okay. It's normal, (laughs) normal, normal. It's fine.
0: Yeah, Deanie is the reason I just don't walk into my fourteen year old's room without
3: knocking.
6: (laughs) (laughs) That's
2: right. (laughs) Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry.
1: LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here.
0: Every time I tell somebody, uh, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. It's coming out as a movie. They all say, it's just coming out as a movie. Like, well, why did it take so long to get this turned into a film?
6: I'll tell you why. Because for 50 years, I wouldn't sell it. Mm. I wouldn't let it go. I was worried about what they might do to it. And then, I don't know, then I woke up to some of the really good stuff that was being done. And um, I got this fabulous letter from Kelly Freeman Craig and telling me about how much she wanted to do it and telling me about her first movie, a movie I had seen and loved, Mm -hmm. and who her mentor was, James L. Brooks. Mm -hmm. And it was like, um, this sounds promising. And they came to see me and they made a very persuasive case. Mm -hmm. And it was, if Fudge, the 90s Fudge was a bad experience for me, this was as good as an experience can be, I think, for the writer of a book um, to be so that they, they just made me feel so welcome, mm-hmm. and they wanted to hear what I thought, you know, and it was an inclusive it was just a wonderful, happy um, process, and the end, the movie could not please me more. I love the movie mm-hmm.
3: I I'm love happy it.
6: I love it. They, and they kept it set in the 70s. That was something that I said, you can't, you can't put this in another era because it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. And they kept it in the 70s. So it's very nostalgic. And I think for my readers who have now grown up to go and see this, I think, you know, it's going it's their childhoods, I think. I hope they're going to like
0: it. Would you ever sell the TV and film rights to all of your books or you want to keep some of them just as literature?
6: Oh, no. Mm -hmm. I'm open. I'm willing. Yep. I'm talking about some others. Okay. Because I had this great experience, Mm -hmm. you know?
0: Now, you know, you you have always fought against censorship and the banning of books. Are are there any topics you stayed away from because they were too controversial?
6: Never. But, you know, again, go back to that young woman I was writing the books, and I didn't know. I didn't know what I could or couldn't do. Nobody told me the seventies was a great time for kids' books, for people who were writing kids' books, for the kids who were reading them. It was a very open time and publishers were willing to take chances. I mean, that was a chance that my publisher took Mm -hmm. on that. I'm not sure I knew it, um, but that was a real chance. Mm -hmm. And... um, I had the most wonderful editor in the world, so I was so, so lucky. A guy Mm -hmm. worked with me on a lot of these books. Wonderful, wonderful person.
0: Do you think you could write in this era, this era of cancel culture and (sighs) fake outrage and backlash about every little thing?
6: Let's just say that I'm glad I wrote when I did (laughs) and that I have a bookstore to keep me very busy now, and so... I'm not. I think the only way I would be happy writing now is the way I was when I wrote in the Unlikely Event, mm-hmm. which is historical fiction. Basically, it doesn't feel like it to me because it mm-hmm. took place during my lifetime, but it did take place in the '50s, and mm-hmm. I think that's the only way I would feel comfortable today. I don't like to read books where everything is texts and yeah. emails, and I, I don't, I. You know, I want something else.
0: Write about experiences. I like experiences.
6: Yeah, and yeah. I like to be in the characters' heads. Mm-hmm. I like to know what's going on. I, I need to believe them mm-hmm. when I'm reading a book. But I'm I'm an easy i e- I'm an easy person to make believe mm-hmm. that this is happening. I I I love stories.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Can we talk a little blubber?
6: Blubber. I like blubber. Me too. I'm proud of it. You should be. I am.
0: You know, it addressed uh, bullying decades before bullying became like a a hot topic in this country.
6: We didn't even call it bullying. I called it when people said, (laughs) what is it about? I would say victimization in the classroom. We didn't even use the word bully.
0: We just said teasing. Jones and like, that was regular. You know, (laughs) it's been banned in some schools and libraries because of the language. And some people even feel like uh, they say they feel like the bullies prevailed. How how do you feel about the reception to the book?
6: Oh, it's been a long time. I mean, Mm -hmm. there was a time when, yes, it was like, uh, you know, evil goes unpunished. Mm -hmm. But I was trying to be real. And my kids were in that age group riding a school bus. And I wanted to reflect that school bus culture and actually my daughter came home from school and would tell us at the dinner table about this terrible stuff that was happening wasn't happening to her Mm -hmm. but she was like the quiet child the observer like rochelle i think her name is in the book and doesn't do anything doesn't know what to do Mm -hmm. but sees how terrible this is and ultimately you know when when The kid who is bullied, Linda, Linda, Mm -hmm. gets the chance to become a bully. bully. She does. I mean, there's there's a reality there, Mm -hmm. you know.
0: Yeah, I never looked at it like the bully prevailed. I just looked at it like Linda just always wanted to be accepted. And like most kids just want to be accepted. And she ended up, you know, getting accepted by the people who used to bully her. But she didn't care that she was turned into the bully she just happy to be accepted
6: exactly mm-hmm. yeah yeah it has nothing to do really with obesity mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with that you know it, it, it's it's let's see how far we can go and some people just let you go farther mm-hmm. and farther
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting too but now that i think about it it's kind of like a power right like everybody always, we, we, we get mad at people with power. And then we get, some people get some and turn into exactly what they always hated.
6: Yes. Yeah. It is about power. Mm-hmm. I, sometimes I tell kids it's, it's about mean girls in, in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And they, oh, I know about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, mm-hmm. It's tough. I mean, being a kid. It's tough. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
0: Now, now we know how Ronald Reagan's election uh, impacted the consumption of your book, but how did it impact your creativity?
6: It didn't. I okay. mean, I, you know, I, it made me angry, and mm-hmm. I think being angry is good for me. Mm-hmm. It, it 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 was better for creativity than being sad.
3: Mm-hmm.
6: You know, let's get out there. Let's be angry. I mean, that was, that was such a crazy time. Mm -hmm. And yet, and yet what we have going on today is even worse, more serious, more dangerous. And it's going on.
0: Has the, how the current political climate and like the rise of MAGA influenced (laughs) your creativity? Does it make you want to, you know, pick up the pen again?
6: It makes me want to, puke (laughs) it's just (laughs) you know i does it tell me again what you said does it does it have to do with
0: does it influence your creativity now like do you know you feel like you know you you have something to say you want to push back on a lot of this stuff
6: what i have to say i mean i would say out loud i don't have to write about it Mm -hmm. i I, i'm 85 next week you Mm -hmm. know i don't it's just I don't want to write anymore. I don't feel that need. It used to be a real need, a burning Mm
3: -hmm.
6: need. I had to do it. I Mm -hmm. had to do it. And I think I did it and I got it out. And I'm glad that I did it. I sometimes I look at those books and I don't really relate. Like, did I really write those books? (laughs) Um, It's a, it's a strange, you know, it's a strange disconnect, Mm -hmm. but Um, That doesn't stop me from being politically furious Mm -hmm. and disgusted and even frightened for for what's going on today. Mm -hmm. Frightened that teachers and librarians have been told, you know, if you have these books in your collections, we can take you to jail. Mm. You're going to be prosecuted or people calling them up and saying, we're going to kill you. I mean, it's how about kids who now in certain states, I just read this, they can't dress in clothing that doesn't belong to the sex to which they were born. So, I mean, like, can I not wear pants? (laughs) I mean, could you not wear a tutu? You know, we have a day here, many days in Key West. We all have tutus and we we wear our tutus. Um, Why? I don't know because Key West is a party town. Mm -hmm. And um, what days do we wear our tutus? It's St. Patrick's Day. Mm -hmm. My husband and I had green tutus and we (laughs) did a little race. um, And, uh, you know, people will come into the bookstore and tutus are just very big. I always Mm -hmm. wanted a tutu, So at last, I have it too. <laughs> like, you, you know, wear what you want.
0: Mm-hmm. Can you believe at 85, all this stuff is still going on? Like nothing has really changed? And you're here in Florida, which is like the episode of <sighs> censorship and the banning of books in America right now.
6: <laughs> you know, we like to think Key West is its own little country, its okay. own, its own island away from Florida. But we do have the same governor. Mm-hmm. As the rest of the state, it's shocking, mm-hmm. you know I came to miami beach well i maybe you know that from starring Sally J. Friedman. I came to miami beach as a as a nine year old mm-hmm. and so and I fell in love with what my life was like there because it was so free, and you know we were free range kids then, and we played outside until dark, and then we knew it was time to go home and there was just something so wonderful about it and so when I came to Key West it was like oh look I ride the same bike that I used to ride when I was nine years old Mm -hmm. (laughs) the same you know whatever we call it Key West cruiser with just foot Mm brakes and 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 the the palm fronds at night against the midnight blue of the sky it all made me feel 10 years old again wow and so I loved it and and the the political climate was so different. We've been here almost 30 years, mm-hmm. and things have changed so much in 30 years. Wow. Politically.
0: Well, why is it important for you to champion other officers who are under attack for the content of their work?
6: Oh, always. Mm-hmm. I've always, you know, we're in this together, sisters and brothers. I mean, you know, who, whatever work is attacked, and it's usually um work for young people mm-hmm. uh i want to be there for as long as i can be there to defend them
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know technology and social media have, have exposed like children to so much at an early age you think your books would still be considered taboo if uh you know if they were released in in this time
6: you know i don't well release now who knows because mm-hmm. of Things are so crazy. But yes, kids can find information. They know how to find information. They don't need Margaret to tell them about periods. Um, so that's different. But it's not, I never wrote them so much for information as mm-hmm. for emotional. It's, it's the emotional information that's different. It's, it's about what's going on inside you. And I think that connects us from generation to generation. I hope I hope so. I feel connected through books to my mother's generation. You know, she was a big reader. She mm-hmm. always encouraged me to read. And my daughter and I read. That was a way we could communicate, even when things were rough between mm-hmm. us. We could communicate by handing each other books to read. Mm-hmm. So books serve a more they're so much more than entertainment but first they have to be entertaining for kids
0: you, you have your uh judy bloom forever documentary and are you there goddess me margaret coming out uh this spring are you bracing yourself for a new wave of, of criticism potentially or, or backlash no okay <laughs> okay
6: i'm bracing myself for all good things
0: mm-hmm. at this point do you even care to, if, if somebody did have criticism do you even care to defend yourself at this point And defend your work?
6: Probably. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that you ever stopped caring about that. Mm -hmm. They're my babies. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, you portray the experience of children so vividly. And even when I see you coming here today, it's like you're very childlike. You're dancing. Like, How were you able to stay aligned with the emotions connected to being a kid growing up?
6: (sighs) That's a good question. I, I mean, I... I identify with kids. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, inside, I'm partly 12. Um, I, I love kids. I can be four. You know, I can, when, when a little kid comes in, I'm looking over there because that's the little kids section. So when a little kid comes mm-hmm. into the book section, let's say four years old, I mean, we can make eye contact. I know this seems crazy, but it's like, I know you, and you know me.
3: Mm-hmm.
6: Um, there's some kind of connection. I, I think, uh, you know, a lot of people have that.
3: Mm-hmm.
6: Um, and that's just something, that's just a way that you're, you're born, mm-hmm. or that you are, that you keep your connection with the child that you were, mm-hmm. and with, with children. I'm not that great with teens, I have to tell you. <laughs> not that great with teenagers, but mm-hmm. up to 12. I I really love them, and I really feel for them and I identify mean, with them.
0: It comes through in your writing, though. I mean, the, 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 the empathy that you have in your, your stories. And I always think about that because, like, you know, when you go to therapy and they have discussions with you about your inner child, and we tend to not give our inner child grace, but you tend to give, you know, A lot of these kids grace in these books.
6: I love my inner child. I, I, um, yeah, I think when I think about my life, I think the most interesting, exciting years were up to age 12. Mm -hmm. And then at 12, something happens. You know, you start figuring things out. Ah, my parents are just people, Mm -hmm. you know, um, my teachers are just people the the and everything changes not everything is new and exciting anymore it's you know it's so i once was going to write a a, a memoir my life from 1 to 12 wow <laughs> i didn't do it i didn't do it but i I thought about doing that. You can remember everything? I don't know if it's everything, but I remember a lot. Yes, a lot, in great detail. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it bothers me when my friends don't. Sometimes I'm talking to my best friend. She's still my best friend. We met at 12. And she'll say, I don't remember any of that stuff. And it's like, how can you not remember? Mm -hmm. That was us. That was so exciting. But, I mean, some people do and some people don't.
0: Did you have a hard time processing feelings and emotions as a child? And did, and when you was writing did the did the books help 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 with that?
6: I think the books helped a lot.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
6: I think I was a I was um I was an anxious kid. I had eczema and I was a, a very fearful child. My mother was a fearful person and um I slowly came out of that around like 4th grade. Mm-hmm. And But I I can remember, I can remember all of that, which is so weird because, you know, I, looking back at my writing, I think, oh, you were fearless in your writing when you weren't in your life, Mm. you know, you could be fearful in life and then let it all out, be fearless in your work, which is so strange
0: you think it's because you know you get older you have a better understanding of things you might you don't understand things when you're a kid but when you can look back on it you have a better understanding so it makes you less afraid
6: maybe there are always Mm -hmm. new things to be afraid of Mm -hmm. (laughs) but um yeah in my writing i was never afraid Mm.
3: Mm.
2: trinity school of natural health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry.
1: T-I-K-A dot com.
0: from your uh first publishing in 1969 like you know you consistently published books until about 2008 then you had like a a break before publishing in the unlikely event like what happened in 08 to 2015 that made you stop writing
6: oh when i wrote in the unlikely event Mm -hmm. i said to my husband and to the world this is it (laughs) this is it first of all this is the book This is how I feel. Anyway, this is the book I was meant to write. Okay. This is the book that was always there, but I never thought about writing it, telling the story. And um, I was locked up for five years doing this book. And I said, that's it.
3: Mm -hmm. I'm done. Mm
6: -hmm. I'm done. And nobody believed it, but it was true. Mm
3: -hmm.
6: And. And before that, there were, you know, I was always involved in some creative project. I mm-hmm. mean, we made Tiger Eyes, the movie that took up a lot of time, um, moved houses, and mm-hmm. yeah, I loved moving.
3: Mm-hmm.
6: It was always an excuse not to write. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a creative experience building a new nest. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to write. But, um, because writing is hard. It's hard, you know. Um it's it's painful. It can really get to you.
3: Mm-hmm.
6: After I stopped and I, you know, we opened the store. We just kind of fell into our laps. We were very lucky, and um, people would come in and say, "Oh, you look so happy," and I would think, "Yeah," because I love what I'm doing. And I don't have to go into that little room by myself. I have to say, when I was writing, I loved it. I mean, I couldn't wait to get up in the morning to go and do this Mm -hmm. and do this. But, you know, this... Yeah, but by by the end... And I I loved doing the research Mm -hmm. for Unlikely Event. I loved it. And I Mm -hmm. said, I'm never doing another book without research. Wow. But um, because it gave you... You know the pieces to the puzzle that I talk about. It gave you so many pieces to the puzzle mm-hmm. that were there for you to take them and use them as you needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, so writing was wonderful. It changed my life.
0: That's an understatement. It changed our lives it my mm-hmm. life too. You know, Maybe yeah. it
6: saved my life. You know, it might have saved my life. And so I'm always grateful. To, you know, the fact that I did it, the people who read the books, the people who published the books and stood behind me, mm-hmm. I'll always be grateful.
0: What is Judy Bloom's favorite Judy Bloom
6: book? Oh no! I, I, know, I know
0: you get that one a lot, probably
6: <laughs> from kids. Okay. And I tell them it's like asking a mother which one is your favorite child. You know, <laughs> some days it's this one, some days it's that one. But you know, I mean, I. I could tell you stories about all of them, but Margaret, because it brought me so many readers. Fudge was the first book, really, um, that brought me so many readers, mm-hmm. um, Margaret. Tiger Eyes was so special to me because I think it helped me deal all these years later with my father's sudden death. Yeah. was just, you know, I was 21, and he was my everything, And losing him suddenly, I think I buried that. I got married at the same time a few weeks later. And um, I just put all of that away. My mother couldn't ever talk about grief or even my father, really. And so I think it all came out in that that book. So I think that was, you know... It's emotional, Mm -hmm. writing fiction. It's so emotional. And if it's not, I think, then it's not going to work. I think if you don't feel it for your characters, then the people reading your books aren't going to feel it either.
0: Mm -hmm. What's your least favorite Judy Bloom book?
6: Oh. Is there any
0: you wish uh, you could write over?
6: Yeah, I wish I could write Iggy's House over. Really? I think I'd do a much better job today, but I don't know. It would be a different story. He's
0: sounds great. I, I, I mean, you. I think that's a slept on Judy Bloom book. It's one of my favorites. Thank you. What would you write different about it? How would you approach it differently? i just,
6: I became a better writer after I wrote that book,
0: mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm.
6: I'm not saying the story, but the writing of it.
0: Gotcha. When you decided to be an author, what did you imagine success to be? And have you Surpass the expectation that you have for yourself?
6: (laughs) I never imagined beyond getting published. You know, maybe someday someone will publish something that I write. That's the first dream, fantasy. And then the fantasy, you know, grows. Maybe someone will actually read something that I write. Maybe Mm -hmm. I'll actually hear from somebody who reads something that I write. But this level never wow. never 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 now wow. i mean no it would have been so crazy to fantasize i wouldn't have even known how to dream about this
0: mm-hmm. no so what What did so success to you was just somebody reading your book back then and, and, and saying something about it to you
6: that was that was what i could dream about yeah that was uh that was a dream that maybe was a possible Mm -hmm. dream. Yeah.
0: And you've consistently said that you wrote books about things you wanted to know as a kid that no one spoke to you about. Do you think that little Judy is proud of who you are today and what you've done for children worldwide?
6: I don't like to think about what I've done for children because what I did, I did for me. I mean, Mm -hmm. the writing was for me. I wasn't mm-hmm. ever thinking about what I'm doing for them. I don't think that's a good way to think. Mm-hmm. Um would little Judy like it? <laughs> yes. And who would really love it so much is my father. Mm. He would be so proud.
3: Mm. Mm.
0: Did he encourage you when you was younger? Like did you did you ever even share anything with him? Like the-
6: Oh, we sang and danced and And did, you know, performed around the house and he was, he was a dentist, but he was Mm -hmm. very, very talented with his hands. He could build anything, make anything and, and made me costumes. I was once the, I was once, I was the old, old gold girl. You wouldn't remember this, but she she wore a box of cigarettes, you know, it was a cigarette box, and she wore little white boots, and she came on. It must have been a commercial on TV, and she sang and danced. And I um, once produced a show in fifth grade. I liked to do shows. I loved doing shows. And, and during the commercial break for this show that I produced, um, I came out as the old, as the old gold girl. In my little white boots, which were really—I didn't have little white boots; they were white rubber (laughs) galoshes—but I did my little song and dance. You know, I liked—I was a performer. Mm
3: -hmm.
6: As shy and quiet as I was early in life, then I became the performer, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to be the producer and the director and the star. I wanted to do it all.
0: You know, I have—I have four girls. You know, So I love to hear women talk about their fathers in this way. So it's this, just this a personal question. What do, I, what do I have to continue to do as a father so my daughters have the reverence for me like you have for your father?
6: Um, be there for them. Mm-hmm. Encourage them. Support them. Applaud them. Mm-hmm. Um, because you have four, they're going to go in all different directions. And whatever they do, they should know that that you love them and you're there for them.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, um, it amazes me that you and Beverly clearly never got the chance to meet. I I don't understand how that never happened.
6: Oh God, there was a a time when I was ready to take a plane. I was in LA Mm -hmm. and she lived in um, the Monterey area. And I was going to take a plane, it had been arranged. She was quite elderly then. Mm But she was willing to see me, and it never happened. I don't, I don't know why. She lived to be more than 100.
0: 101, yeah.
6: You know? Yeah,
0: she and she was an inspiration to you, right?
6: Oh, she was such an inspiration yeah. to me. I would fall off the sofa at night laughing hysterically reading her books and saying, I want to write books like these mm-hmm. that, that, you know, that make kids laugh and feel good. She was great. Mm-hmm. She was great.
0: Now you you uh, you endured a battle with cancer.
6: Oh yes, but not not a major one. Mm-hmm. My husband endured a major one, um, and he's fine. So i i had a little I had a little breast cancer.
0: When that happens, are you are you forced to like I guess face your own mortality a little bit?
6: I don't think I was then
3: mm-hmm.
6: as much as I am now mm-hmm. at you know eighty five. It's like it's coming. We don't know when. We don't know how. And then you say to yourself, "Ah, just live mm-hmm. while you can and enjoy everything while you can."
0: Yeah, that's, I was glad. You know, do you, are, are you satisfied with what you have built, and you know what you would potentially be leaving behind? Or do you feel like you want to do more? Like,
6: I'm totally satisfied um you know i think about my kids now and and is there anything i can do you know to make sure that it's easier for them Mm -hmm. when i'm not here anymore Um, it's 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 tough i mean Mm -hmm. i i think you know losing a parent when your parent is young my father was 54 mm-hmm. and i was 21 is very different it's still losing a parent and that's always that's always a huge thing i think um but it's it's so unexpected at that early age and it's it's more expected <laughs> The older you get, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you know, it's going to happen. I mean, my kids are 59 and 61. Um, they're grown grown-ups. Yeah,
0: absolutely. When, when it's all said and done, and, you know, you, you have transitioned, what, what do you want the legacy of Julie Bloom to be?
6: You know, I never think of legacy. Really? I don't even know how to think of legacy. What do I want? She was here. Um, she wrote books that touched her readers, and she sang and danced and, <laughs> <laughs> and laughed, and it was it was good.
0: Thank you, Miss Judy. I really oh. appreciate this. I didn't know how. To, I mean, thank I thank you, Charlotte. You know, I never thought that this would actually happen. So the fact that it happened, I just lets me know God is real. Thank you very much.
6: Thank you so much. This is so great. You're great at this. You're wonderful. Thank Thank you. you. Thank
3: you.
2: Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products
4: Yep. You know what this playground could use?
1: A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. (laughs) Ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool.
3: I'm in. Ah,
1: ski slopes. Let's
3: do it. Um, tend girl go shopping. Yeah, baby!
1: Wait! Did we just invent California?
4: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.
1: Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future